بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على النبي الامي برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين الحمد لله with Allah's fadl and karam we are to discuss the best of people and an incident that happened concerning the sahaba in this month of rajab is the last expedition in the lifetime of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the last ghazwa that he participated in before departing from this world and we learn so many lessons here this took place 90 hijri rajab the chapter of the quran kareem revealed on this occasion is surah tauba the chapter after anfal interesting interestingly these are medina revealed chapters anfal is among the early medina revealed chapter chapters and tauba is one of the latter last makkah medina munawwara revealed chapters of the quran kareem but what happened here was the roman empire was gathering large numbers and people to destroy islam and interestingly they had made inroads into medina munawwara in the form of associating with some hypocrites and them constructing a place called dirar known as masjid dirar the hypocrites wanted rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to perform prayer there but he halted the matter there were a few hypocrites in medina munawwara But this was the time where Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam commanded everyone to undertake this journey towards the lands of the Romans. What also happened previously was a sahabi of Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam Harith bin Umair Azdi radhiyallahu anhu was killed by one of the Ghassani Arab kings in that region. This Ghassani Arab king killed the sahabi and this was also an ultimatum of war nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was preparing sahaba to leave in allah ta'ala's way so many pertinent events took place sahaba radhiyallahu anhum being in masjid nabawi sallallahu alaihi wasallam nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam encouraging them to go and and contribute for allah's sake to contribute towards allah's deen that this was in sahaba's minds for quite some time because there's an interesting report by hazrat umar radhiyallahu anhu who says i was in my home and myself and my partner and ansari sahabi who shared our venture our business venture together one day i would spend in the company of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and return and share with him what i learned the next day he would spend the time in the company of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and share with me what he had learned and in each other's absence we took care of our business venture our farming and our work one day he came knocking my door and hazrat umar's reaction was He was shocked when he asked. He comes home one night, one evening after Isha. He bangs my door. I come out quickly. What happened? He told me, "Do you know what happened?" Because I was asleep and I was startled. He said something very severe. So I thought, "Has the Roman king come? Ghassan? Has he come?" So he says, "No, no, no." So what we learn from that report, even though something else had happened, but as Umar is expressing that this preparation and this. thought in our minds that the romans could arrive at any time so this was some preparation among the muslims because the romans were making their inroads into madinah munawwara by associating with the hypocrites rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in masjid nabawi encouraged the sahaba to give in allah ta'ala's way we all know of the famous incident where hazrat abu bakr brought everything he had he brought everything to be given for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hazrat umar brought half of everything this is this time it was on the occasion of the book there are sahaba who gave so much 
حضرت عبد الرحمن بن عوف رضی اللہ عنہ برات 200 اوقیاس حضرت ابن عدی رضی اللہ عنہ برات 70 measures large measures of, of dates but the lion's share the greatest contribution was that of Hazrat Uthman رضی اللہ عنہ such contributions he gave in Allah Ta'ala's way he brought a thousand dinar and he brought camels galore camels and horses and so much he contributed he was basically the greatest contributor in this expedition of the book so much so janabi rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said whatever hazrat uthman does after today will never ever harm him meaning whatever happens he's a jannati now in this incident sahaba who gave everything there was a young man who was present his name was umair and he was saddened by the fact that his stepfather who was good to him was not present in this environment of sahaba giving for allah preparing for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this saddened him he went home he says to his stepfather julas who is who had wedded his mother that you know everyone was giving for allah what about you why weren't you there anyway this individual was upset and this some sort of hypocrisy was lurking in the heart at the time so he made a comment that took him out of iman he said don't tell me these things this is not true if what he says naudu billah muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is saying is true then we worse than donkeys man what he wants to just wants us just to give like that anyway he made an utterance that took him out of faith degrading janabi rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam but this young man namely umair bin saad radiyallahu anhu was so sad by what had happened in front of him He now knew not what to do. Should he go to Rasulullah or should he just keep quiet? He knew that I should be loyal to a man who is good to me. But my greatest loyalty is to Allah and His Rasul. So he goes to Julas and he says, you know, if you're not going to repent and make right with Allah and His Rasul, I'm going to complain to Rasulullah about your utterances. So he, you know, shrugged me and chidded me away. I then went thereafter to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and Allah's Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam then called for Julas and asked him that is this the remarks that you have made Julas reacted and responded that no I could never say such a thing how could I ever utter such horrendous remarks now there's a catch 22 there's a situation in Masjid Nabawi there's a young man who claims that Julas made such statements of kufr but he then refutes that allegation or what he claims to be an allegation it wasn't actually an allegation and now what's happening in the masjid anabawi sallallahu alaihi wasallam there's a scene the few that were sitting there obviously they were wondering what's going to go what's going to happen and in this allah's nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam is silent and after some time subhanallah but whilst the period of waiting was going on This child was emotional that I spoke the truth for Allah. Oh Allah, you save my Izzah. We learn that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so merciful. That even a child's sincerity is so valuable before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As they were awaiting the response of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who was in this period silent. And there comes verses approximately 74 of Surah Tawbah, Surah 9. 
wherein Allah says, and this, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يحلفون بالله ما قالوا ولقد قالوا كلمة الكفر وكفروا بعد إسلامهم وهموا بما لم ينالوا وما نقموا إلا أن أغناهم الله ورسوله من فضله فإن يتوبوا يكو خيرا لهم وإن يتولوا يعذبهم الله عذابا أليما في الدنيا والآخرة وما لهم في الأرض من ولي ولا نصير الله تعالى says that they make oaths and they take oaths in Allah's name that they didn't make such remarks ما قالوا and they have made the utterances of kufr which had taken them into kufr after Islam, and they intend what they cannot accomplish, meaning if they want to destroy Allah's deen, they can never accomplish that. Allah is the preserver of His deen. And what is the hatred that they have in them? Are they upset that Allah has enriched them and His beloved وسلم, from His favor? Meaning Quran is reprimanding those who make such statements of kufr after Allah has blessed them and favored them. But then the Quran says, if they repent, it's better for them. And if they turn away, Allah will punish them severely in this world and the next. And they will not have on this earth any ally or guardian besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the verses continue with regards to such an attitude where Allah says, they are those, that's where this chapter exposes the hypocritical practices and the ways and the traits of the hypocrites. Allah save us from those ways. وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ عَاهَدَ اللَّهِ They are those who have this hypocritical quality, that they take a pledge with Allah, that Allah, if you favor us from your kindness, and you enrich us, we will give for you, and we will be among the righteous. And then Allah enriches them, and then they mise with what Allah has given them, and they turn away when it's time to give, turning away fully, not giving for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the result of this is hypocrisy in their hearts till the time they meet Allah. Due to them going against their pledge with Allah that they took to give for Allah and because of their lies. Know they not that Allah knows their secret lives and their open discussions or their secret discussions or what they conceal in their hearts and what they secretly mention to their uh, friends and associates. And Allah is fully aware of everything that is hidden. And then the quran Karim, subhanAllah, mentions another category and people of hypocrisy. Those that rebuke and find fault in those who try and give for Allah. Those who don't have much, but they have the little and they give, you'll find those to comment there also, subhanAllah. In which way do they comment? Those who give much, these few who basically, they're not prepared to do. They just sit in their chairs and watch others do, but they are the first to comment. Those that give much, they comment, oh, these people just want to show off. And those that bring little, they say, you think Allah needs your little contribution. So nothing is right for them. quran Karim highlights that attitude of hypocrisy also. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from hypocrisy. In the hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam spoke about the traits of the hypocrites. إِذَا حَدَّثَ كَذَبَ وَإِذَا وَعَدَ أَخْلَفَ وَإِذَا أَتُمِنَ خَانَ وَإِذَا خَاصَمَ فَجَرَ When he speaks, he lies. Him or her. She and him. Him and her. When he speaks, he lies. When he promises, he goes against his promise. When he is entrusted, he betrays the trust. And when he argues, he must be vulgar and swear. These are some ways of the hypocrites. Allah Ta'ala save us from their ways.
So these were the verses, chapter 9, verse 74. Allah says, they've made such utterances of kufr after iman. But Allah still accepts them if they make tawbah. And when these verses were revealed, Allah's beloved sallallahu was happy with Hazrat Umair bin Sa'ad anhu and applauded him. And alhamdulillah, Julas regretted his mistake and his wrong. And this incident became a means of him making tawbah. Alhamdulillah, everyone was told to go in the path of Allah Ta'ala on this occasion. It was a test of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and it is a lesson for every one of us. Obviously, these are incidents of the Qur'an Kareem, so we learn lessons from these incidents. It's not for us to judge others. But this is a lesson for every one of us to reckon ourselves that what are we, we doing for Allah when Sahaba gave their lives for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And alhamdulillah, Sahaba were undertaking this journey to go for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A lengthy journey it was. Generally, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would not mention his directions due to uh, the wisdom of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But on this occasion, because of the length of the journey and because of the season, it was the season of fruit and the fruit bearing and so forth and the scorching heat. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam expressed explicitly the exact destination and direction of the Muslims. This was such a huge amount of Sahaba on this expedition. Historical reports suggest 30,000. Hazrat Ka'ab bin Malik says there were too many to be written in a register, meaning everyone was told to go, no one was to stay behind. And Alhamdulillah, they undertook this journey and they went. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam left Hazrat Muhammad bin Maslama in charge of Medina Manawara. Hazrat Ka'ab's incident is reported in the books of Hadith and sound. What an amazing incident. A very emotional incident about him and the expedition of the book. And Hazrat Ka'ab bin Malik narrates this incident to his son. So we learn from here how Sahaba would teach their children the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa He mentions to his son about him not participating in this battle of the book. He mentions eloquently to his son how Allah blessed him in him participating in Aqaba where the 70 Sahaba from Madinah Manawara came to meet Rasulullah sallallahu He mentions how Badr becomes very famous among the Muslims when he thanks Allah and is very appreciative that he participated in Bay'atul Aqaba. And then he mentions this incident where his plan was to go in Allah Ta'ala's way. But he had everything ready, but he procrastinated. He was going to go and then he was going to leave there after and catch up with everybody. But it so happened that time elapsed. And every time he was going to get certain things done to go, and he didn't end up going. Rasulullah departed, but Ka'ab bin Malik was still going to leave and go. Others, alhamdulillah, participated. Most of the Sahaba were gone. Ka'ab bin Malik also says, there was no one in Medina Manuwara, except those who you knew was hypocritical, meaning very, very few. Majority were Sahaba kiram, all gone, and the Sahaba were all gone in Allah Ta'ala's way. And everyone was to, told to go. If Sahaba asked about someone and he wasn't there, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would say, if there's khair in him, Allah would bring him. Like a Sahabi with the name of Abu Khaytama. He returned from a, a business venture and he came home. 
and his wives were waiting for him and had everything comfortable for him. But then he found out the whereabouts of Nabi Wasallam, and he was told that they're gone in Allah's way. He said, how can it be? Allah's Nabi is sacrificing in Allah's way, in the heat. And Abu Khaythama be comfortable? Never. He asked them to pack for him. And he undertook his journey. And he went in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's way. But what happened was, Ka'ab anhu kept on saying, and this is a lesson for you and I. I'll finish off my work and then I'll go. Or I'll get this done and then I'll go. And actually, he never ended up going. And Rasulullah was gone far already. He still also felt that I have these fast dromedaries, I had my camels ready, and I will catch up. But procrastination, and this is a lesson for you and I, and everything had passed because Nabi Wasallam was gone. On the journey also a few beautiful incidents happened. Whilst Rasulullah Wasallam was en route, they stopped at a certain farm. Nabi Wasallam wanted to purchase the dates in that farm. So he said to the farmer, that how much will you sell these dates and weigh them for us? But okay, you can weigh them, but this will be the measurement. And exactly as Rasulullah said to him, that's exactly the amount of dates that were there. And he purchased them for the Sahaba Kiram. Many amazing events happened in route. There was a lack of water. Nabi Sallallahu made dua. Allah sent a rain cloud and it poured rain upon them. And so many amazing incidents. And they traveled this lengthy journey. Among the Sahaba, عنهم, who was en route and who was coming, but his conveyance gave up. But subhanAllah, he didn't give in. He took his goods and carried it on his back and he carried on walking in the desert. And subhanAllah, he was right behind everyone. He was on foot. Because everyone had conveyances, but they had to share. And there was a lack of conveyances, even though so many Sahaba contributed so much. Like for example, before they had left, there was a group of Sahaba, Abu Musa Ash'ari, radiallahu anhu's people. They wanted conveyances to go in Allah Ta'ala's way. So they came to seek assistance from Rasulullah sallallahu Allah's Nabi sallallahu said, Wallahi, la ajidu ma ahmilukum alayhi by Allah. I do not have anything to take you. I cannot afford giving you anything. I don't have. By Allah, I don't have. Anyway, Hazrat Abu Musa Ash'ari anhu, says that Nabi Sallallahu was upset. Obviously, he was upset about something else, the matter of the hypocrites and so forth. But anyway, he went back to his people. And after some time, Hazrat Bilal calls for Abu Musa Ash'ari anhu, that Nabi Sallallahu calls for you. When he came, Nabi Sallallahu gave him the camels for him and his people. So he took the, the conveyances to his people. But he was worried that Nabi ﷺ took Allah's name, Wallah, that I cannot afford, I don't have what to give you. And now he gave us. So he was worried that, are we doing the right thing by taking this? When Nabi ﷺ said, Wallahi, I cannot give you. And he came to ask Nabi ﷺ. And Nabi ﷺ explained to him what is meant by an oath. And what is just taking Allah's name in a different context and so forth. And when one says something and then he sees another more correct thing to do. He must do what is correct and pay kafara for his oath. So these issues were explained by Rasulullah wasallam to Hazrat Abu Musa al-Ash'ari Abdullah bin Qais radiallahu ta'ala anhu. En route also, this solitary sahabi who was coming with his goods 
around his neck and obviously he was slowed down because of his goods and not having his conveyance and from a distance Nabi Wasallam looks in that direction no one else can see who it is but Allah's Nabi Wasallam could see because obviously he's shown by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Nabi Wasallam said Kun Aba Dharzin may you be Abu Dhar subhanallah and finally when he arrived Sahaba were uh, awaiting to see who it really was, and it was Hazrat Abu Dhar Ghifari anhu. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to him, Oh Abu Dhar, you know, you will live alone, and when you die, you will also die alone. But do not worry, Allah will send His people to come and bury you when you die in a lonely part of the world. Meaning Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was explaining the temperament of the Sahabi who was very, very great. But that, that's exactly what was his temperament that he was a loner in this world and his level of taqwa and Allah consciousness was really great and powerful. Hazrat Kaab says that Nabi Wasallam did remember me when he was in the lands during on, on his journey of Tabuk. But while Nabi Wasallam was there, he asked, where is Kaab bin Malik? So, so amazing it is that from everyone, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam remembers Kaab ibn Malik. And I said, Kaab was not from the Ashra Mubashara and so forth. But this is Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's care and concern for every person. Hazrat Kaab says, one man from the Banu Salima tribe. And interestingly, Hazrat Kaab is from the Banu Salima tribe. His tribe was the famous tribe who wanted to come live near Masjid al-Nabawi. They lived near an area where Masjid Qiblatain is situated today. The Masjid where Sahaba faced both, both the Qiblas in the one Salah. That was where Banu Salima stayed. They wanted to move near Masjid Nabawi. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Ilzamu diyarakum. Ya Bani Salima, diyarakum, tuktab atharakum. Oh Banu Salima, stay in your area. When you walk to the Masjid from afar and from a distant area, your every footstep is written for you in your favor, in your records by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some reports mention that the verses of the Quran Kareem in Surah Yasin, Inna nahnu nuhyil mawta wa naktubu ma qaddamu wa atharahum, where Allah writes what you contribute for Allah, and when you prioritize Allah, and your footsteps for Allah is also written. Anyway, this is concerning them also. Anyway, the man who responded was from the Banu Salima, meaning Hazrat Kaab's own people. He said, yes, O oh Allah's Nabi Wasallam, his wealth and looking at his property and his glory and how Allah has enriched him, that has held him back. Meaning now he has much, that's why he's staying behind. Interestingly, Hazrat Kaab doesn't mention who was the Sahabi who said this. So we learn. Sahaba were positive people. If someone made a negative remark, they learned the lesson, they taught the lesson, but they never harp on the mistakes of people or on negativities. But here, there was another Sahabi, Hazrat Mu'adh bin Jabal, who wasn't from the Banu Salima tribe or a tribe very closely associated with Hazrat Kaab. But he said, no, don't say that. He's telling the other individual, we know him to be a very good man. Allah's Nabi remained silent. Other interesting events happened whilst Nabi was camped there 
because the journey was 15 days going, 15 days returning, and being there for 20 days, and Allah put fear in the hearts of the Romans where they didn't pitch. First they were planning to come to Medina Manawara, now Nabi Wasallam is right there, and they didn't end up coming. This was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's will. And Allah was want, wanting all the Sahaba to come as a test for the believers, and a lesson for you and I. Anyway, there's a lot of khair in the ghazawat, and the efforts of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam whilst Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was camped there with the Sahaba Kiram anhum for those 20 days they were doing lots of the works of deen even the Roman emperor this is Musnadul Imam Ahmad sent someone to meet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he sent an emissary with a message for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and a letter and that was received by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and this man was welcomed by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and in that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to Hazrat Uthman that you take care of him and show him hospitality for three days and take care of him so that he can also what was the intention he must also see the beauty of Allah's deen and when he stayed there for three days with Hazrat Uthman Hazrat Uthman then made his ikram but also said to him if you were in my home in Medina I could do much more for you but now I am also on travels but still Hazrat Uthman did much for him this is the beauty of ikram and allowing him to take the effect take effect from the environment of Sahaba anhum, the environment of deen the environment of iman and after that stay there he came back to Rasulullah Allah's Nabi gave him da'wah but what he came to see because his king wanted him to see certain things in Rasulullah and what would Rasulullah say about the night and the day? And he wanted him to see also the seal of prophethood on the shoulder behind the heart of Rasulullah Allah's Nabi called him as he was to depart. And he removed his kurta to show him that this is what you want, so see. And then he returned. Alhamdulillah, later on he did embrace Islam. So we learn that the person will see the beauty of deen. Like our brothers of Gaza, what firm iman. There are so many who are now considering, are thinking, are pondering. And inshallah, Allah will give them hidayah. There's a beautiful event that happened whilst Nabi was on the lands, on the borders of the Roman lands. Whilst they were there, Hazrat Mughira bin Shu'aba says, Nabi one day went further out to relieve himself. So I went behind him to make his khidmah. And then I helped him with the wudu. And he even describes Nabi Wasallam's jubba, a shami jubba. And then Nabi Wasallam's arms weren't fitting out of the sleeve, so he pulled his hands from inside the jubba to wash his arms. And then we returned to perform the prayer with the Sahaba Kiram and lead them in prayer. But they had started the prayer already. Hazrat Mughira rushes forth to stop and pull back the Sahabi leading the prayer. And Allah's Nabi Wasallam stopped Hazrat Mughira and he joined the prayer and perform that salah behind that sahabi as a muqtadi with that sahabi leading the prayer so subhanallah this was a speciality of the sahabi who led a prayer amongst whom being none other than janabi rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam so amazing what a speciality to be an imam of Imamul Anbiya, the greatest of Allah's creation, subhanallah. There are so many specialities in the Sahaba Kiram, radiallahu anhum. Who would this amazing Sahabi be? And this did happen to one more Sahabi, 
That was in Medina Munawwara when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi was out one day on an errand and he returned. The Sahabi leading the prayer on that occasion was none other than Hazrat Abu Bakr Even towards the departure time of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi in his last few days in this transitory world when he fell ill on the Thursday evening before Isha, leading the Thursday Maghrib, reciting Wal Mursalat, and then before Isha, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi fell ill. And from there onward, Hazrat Abu Bakr led the prayer right till Monday Fajr. But there were certain occasions when Nabi Sallallahu did come out. And that would most probably be the Friday Jumu'ah prayer. With difficulty he came out and he presented his khutbah and advice. But when he came out, Hazrat Abu Bakr was leading the prayer. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam him to remain. But Hazrat Abu Bakr still went back out of respect for Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu So he performed his prayer following Rasulullah sallallahu prayer and the community read behind Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. But this occasion in Tabuk was another Sahabi and that is none other than subhanallah Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu anhu. A Sahabi behind whom Rasulullah sallallahu performed salah. Another beautiful incident that happened en route, Nabi Sallallahu said to Sahaba anhum, they would blow upon you a severe wind, none should stand, and even your conveyance should be tied. And this wind blew, and one stood up. Allahu Akbar, the winds carried him and threw him at the mountain Tay. Another very similar incident, Nabi Sallallahu went to the lands of they were passing the lands of Hazrat Salih salam's people, Thamud. And when they went there, he told them, do not drink from this water and do not use it for wudu even. Do not even bake your bread with it or roti with it. And if anything, use it as fodder for your animals. But do not partake of anything. And none should come out at, at night, especially this night, meaning, except with somebody to accompany you. And everyone abided by the teachings of Rasulullah But there was two people that had left the camp individually. One went to relieve himself without the other, and the second went looking for his conveyance. The first who went to relieve himself fell unconscious. The other who went to search for his camel was uprooted and raised by the winds and thrown towards the Tay mountain. When Nabi Wasallam was told of this, he said, doesn't I prohibit you of going alone, but that you should take somebody with you? And the one who was afflicted and fainted was brought to him, and he prayed for him, Wasallam, and that Sahabi was cured. And the other who was thrown into the Tay mountain, Alhamdulillah, the Tay people then brought him to Rasulullah when he had arrived in Medina Manuwara. Another very interesting incident that happened as reported by Tabari. What happened here was, Nabi Wasallam's camel went missing. So there was a sahabi by the name of Umar bin Hazm. And sahaba had their jamaats and had their contingents and each one had their troops and so forth. So there was an individual among the men of Umar who was known as Zayd bin Lasib. So this man bin Lasib would comment certain things. Like for example, he said, that doesn't Muhammad Wasallam tell you people, he made as though Islam is for you people, about information from the skies. Yeah, I hear he doesn't even know where is his camel. And whilst this was happening, 
Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said something and Umara was there. But the man from Umara's people who's under Umara's contingent was commenting this amongst his men in their tent. And that's been Lasib. Anyway, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to the Sahaba, obviously those who were close to him and all the Sahaba were close to him except a few hypocrites who were not among them but just came amongst them. And this is a small fraction. And they just came amidst the Sahaba to cause trouble. Anyway, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, that some are saying that I give you information from the skies, but I don't know where's my camel. Actually, Allah teaches me, and Allah gives me that information. I don't know but what Allah teaches me, and Allah has showed me where my camel is. It's in such a valley, and what happened was, its reins got stuck to a branch. Go there and find it under this branch, exactly in this valley. And they went and found it. And anyway, when the Sahabi went to his tent, he heard exactly what bin Lasib was telling them. So he clarified it and told them that what you are speaking of is hypocritical. And he exposed such an individual who was causing fitna.